Echelon Fit. This is a great way to get into shape uh, and have great instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown, uh, but you know, not pay a huge yeah, amount of money. Yeah, see the thing. I, I want to get in, I want to get in shape, but I'd also like to go bankrupt uh, doing it. And oh, get a Peloton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I say that? Yeah. Uh, get a yeah. Peloton. Uh, really nosebleed expensive. Yeah, because and, Echelon uh, is is awesome and it is also so much less so expensive. much less the quality is just Correct. as high if not better yeah but it's way less it's expensive. affordable workout equipment and it has all the classes and everything else that you would want right now for a limited time you can get up to 840 dollars off of the uh, manufacturer real t- retail price get the exclusive discount just text back to 81818 text the word back to 81818 get up to $840 off terms available at echelonfit.com/sms I am going to introduce you to a man who changed the course of what I do, changed my life, and didn't know about it until about 60 seconds ago when he walked into the studio. I haven't seen him for six years. He is a remarkable man um, and going to talk to us a little bit about Ukraine, uh, anti-Semitism, what is really going on in the world, and your calling to stand against it. We go there in 60 seconds. So I I want you to I want you to answer this question because I don't think most people can. The government right now, the federal government is talking about issuing a uh, a card for gas so you can get gas and maybe you'll get up to $400 a month, you know, just to fight inflation. When the federal government issues that money, does that make does that make inflation better or worse? The answer is worse, much worse. It's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Inflation is too much money in the system, and we've been doing that now for many years. And to suck this money back, I personally don't think it can be done, but God only knows. So, do you know that? Do you know what causes inflation? Do you know what the Fed even is? Now, try to teach that to your kids. Impossible, right? Inflation is just one of the books. One of the books. Uh, the um, I think it's The Monster from Jekyll Island. I'll tell you more about it next week. But it is a great book. And it's just one in a set of series. The Tuttle Twins right now are offering three different bonuses if you order any of their books today. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get a 35% discount plus the bonuses. 
That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane and educated in a crazy world that can't seem to define what a woman is. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Rabbi Yitzhak uh, Alderstein, welcome. It's great to be here. And I'm a little shocked by your intro. Yeah. Well, you sat in my office six years ago. Right. And uh, you shocked me because you said, I'd like to ask you to, uh, I appreciate what you've said about uh, Jews and anti-Semitism, but I'd like you to concentrate a little bit more on the Christians because they're coming for you guys first this time. And that shocked me. And I know who you are. And I, I, you know, I respect you and your opinion. And I put that into practice. Uh, And we have been uh, all over the world uh, trying to save any persecuted religious minority um, that is coming under fire because you're right. I mean, it's going to be all of us. And now you come to me and it's interesting because now you're you're saying, okay, maybe it's maybe it's time. This is what I'm least reading uh, in your visit. Maybe it's time to also start really talking about the Jews uh, because we're at a critical stage. It's getting bad. It is. Um, I'll stand by what I told you six years ago that the most endangered religious minority today is Christian is Christians and Christianity. Those are the people who venture out of their houses and sometimes within their houses and uh, getting picked off. Look what's going on in Nigeria, really, in a whole swath of territory from Western Africa so all the way in through China too. China, they're rewriting the Bible. I mean, you would probably know this. It, it took the churches in Germany about six months uh, before they started taking Hitler's advice on maybe the Old Testament is a little too Jewish, so we should drop that. From that's crazy. When people hear that, they don't believe it. But that's what China is doing right now. They're rewriting the Bible. And there, there are so many people who think that you can actually get away with that. You know, the Soviet persecution of all religious minorities, mm-hmm. 70 years. And yet in 2006, a poll in Russia, this is post-Iron Curtain Russia, showed that 84% of Russians claimed they believed in God. How does that happen? And some people think that that's surprising. But it's not because people really can't live without God. Some of them, unfortunately, don't realize it. But without God, our societies are not stable. Our families are not stable. That's what's happening here in America. You bet. That's what's happening. So can we talk about Ukraine uh, sure. just a little bit? Um, I thought of, I actually thought of you the other day when uh, I was watching Ukraine and I thought for the first time, for the first time, really, Jews are escaping a country, not because of persecution, but because the Russians are coming, uh, and they have a place to go. They have a place to go, Israel, where nobody can stop them from going there. Once they get out of the country, they don't have to worry about who, what country is going to take me. That's a miracle. That's a huge change. In fact, uh, Natan Sharansky, the iconic figure of resistance to Soviet Russia, said when he grew up in Ukraine, there were lots of nationalities. Everyone got along. Everybody was equal, except for one group. Yeah. If you had Jew on your identity card, you took a lot of 
that you took a lot of garbage. It meant you didn't get into schools, you didn't get jobs. And he said, look at God's revenge. Today it's the opposite. People, the pictures are horrifying. The people are crossing the border, no idea where they go next. And one group has the privilege of knowing that they have family around right. the world. There was, a, there was a time that Christians felt like they were all one big family. Yeah. And we've lost so much of that. What, so, because the president of Ukraine, who's Jewish, um, said, you know, Israel, you got to help us out here. Look at what we've done. Look what we've done in the past uh, for Jews. And I, now, I'm a student of history, maybe not that good of a student of history, because Ukraine was a killing field for Jews, Right. World War II? Absolutely. It goes back a lot further than World War II, 17th century. Essentially, the founder of Ukraine, Bagdan Khlemnitsky, killed more than half of all the Jews in the Ukraine. My gosh. 300 communities totally decimated. In, in World War II, everybody knows about Babi Yar, when Ukrainians watched while the Nazis and eager Ukrainian volunteers yeah massacred, shot all those people and put them in that massive ravine while they were eating ice cream and, and watching. So they're saying that, you know, we're, you know, we're supporting them because, uh, uh, because they're, you know, good country, good people, et cetera, et cetera. And we deny the existence of the Nazis, but we helped train those people during the, uh, right after the, the last, um, uh, the last revolution this guy now, the president, is a Jew. The Nazis do exist, but it's not like the Nazis. It's a small group, or are there is there a real problem of Nazis there? It's a it's it's a small group. The people in the Ukraine, Jews in the Ukraine, report that they have grown up without any feeling of anti-Semitism. They feel it may be there beneath the surface, but it's there in every country, including the United States. And critics will point to the Azov group, which is a paramilitary group with ties in to neo-Nazi groups. But then on the other side, you got the Wagner group, mm-hmm. Putin's own paramilitary yeah. private army named, that is equally yeah. named, named. Named Wagner. Named I mean, that, I love people saying it's Wagner. No, it's, it's Wagner. Wagner. <laughs> it's Wagner named after the composer, Hitler's favorite composer. But at the same time, we, we do have to appreciate the fact that the vast, vast majority of people streaming out of Ukraine today are innocent people who yes. are not tied in Correct. to whatever their grandparents did. These are older people, younger people whose lives have been disrupted overnight. They certainly, certainly require and should be getting our sympathy. I am I'm concerned. Uh, well, before we leave Ukraine, there's another controversy, um, and that controversy is the Iron Dome. Israel will not give the Iron Dome to Ukraine. How, how do you respond to that? You know, I live in Jerusalem, mm. in the valley just below my home. There's an Iron Dome installation. In, last, in the Gaza war last spring, we essentially ran out of Iron Dome missiles. We had to be resupplied. You know, a couple of our friends on the squad were against resupplying us. I, I, people forget that Israel lives with existential angst every day. There are people out to destroy us. 
not the not the least of which is in Iran, which is benefiting from this war because somehow our administration is so bent on signing a con contra uh, a a counterproductive uh, a treaty uh, that that is not going to do anything other than release billions of dollars to them. Israel needs Iron Dome. It would do relatively little in a country as vast and as yeah. big as Ukraine. Iron Dome is meant for small areas where you know the direction of incoming missiles. Right. Not the kind of really modern missiles that, that Russia is lobbing in, including hypersonic weapons, and where a vast border means that they can come from any direction Correct. at all. So let's let's talk about the Iranian uh, deal. This is horrifying to me. Horrifying. Uh, I mean, we were making such progress in the Middle East uh, under Donald Trump, and that's all gone. Uh, and now we've hacked off Saudi Arabia by doing this deal. Um, they're not happy with us. In fact, they're not even returning our president's phone call. And I think that Israel is going to have to respond when this deal is done because we, we are allowing the Russians to come in and build more plants for them. This is insanity. Add to that the fact that Americans and most of the, all the free world sees what one madman can do, the kind yeah. of devastation that he can rain down upon people if there's nothing holding him back. Now add to that, in Iran, where you have, in addition to that, religious fervor. People mm -hmm. who are not afraid of absorbing nuclear bombs because it's part of the mission. The, It'll bring the, the 11th yeah. Imam. Yes. Those who, so, those who are part of that 12er sect are terrifying. And the average person in Iran might not be. But America, think of it this way. Are you for the things that are going on in Washington? Are you like, yeah, that's what I voted for. They listen to me. Imagine in Iran, you you don't have any say on what they're doing. It could be a crazy sect at the top, which it is, that believe we're going to hasten the return of the promised one. And the one high-ranking official, I don't remember his name, a couple of years ago said, Israel is a one-bomb country. It means we can finish it off with just one well-placed nuclear weapon. But uh, in Iran, we'll absorb a few. Well, here's what the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps Commander-in-Chief, uh, General uh, Hossein Salami, said yesterday in Iran, Iran's enemies, such as Israel and the United States, have an expiration date as the new world order is upon us. That's a little frightening. Just a little. Just a little. Um, all right. I want to take a quick break. And then I want to ask you, because you did something. Um, is it the ladder or the rungs of anti-Semitism? And um, I have been concerned seeing this grow overseas. But it is growing in a great number of people who are our neighbors. But they, I don't think they even understand it as anti-Semitism. Uh, and I want to talk to you about those rungs and what they are. The, the four rungs of anti-Semitism. Do I have it right? You got it. Yeah, four four rungs of anti-Semitism. We'll go there here in just a second. First, gold line. Um, look, the the financial system is going to change. If you if you just Google Bretton Woods three, 
Bretton Woods one, Bretton Woods two. It was the gold standard. Then we got off that and we had nothing backing our money. But then people were like, I think I'm going to dump the dollar. And so we put it pegly, uh, We pegged it loosely on oil. Well, now that's all over. And our dollar has just been trashed. And we're splitting the world in half. And we are accelerating all of these things. When the when China introduces their own currency or they're allowed to buy things with their like oil with their own money russia just told um europe yesterday you're gonna have to buy all of our oil now in rubles which means they'll take those petrodollars and they'll cash them to buy rubles to buy oil that means all that money starts flowing back to the united states it's bad it's very bad Anybody who tells you that inflation is transitory or just going to be here maybe this year, they're mistaken. The hedge against inflation is also what I've said for a long time, the hedge against insanity. When a world goes insane, it always returns to gold. China and Russia are doing that right now. Right now, the, the gold line is issuing a, a new series of one-ounce silver Benjamin Franklin coins. Uh, they're stand-in-love com- uh, commemorative uh, rounds. They're extremely a uh, great way to uh, uh, diversify and protect what you have. Silver is going to be uh, is going to be used for exchange for a while, as is gold. But gold is going to be it's going to shoot through the roof, I believe. Call Goldline right now. Call Goldline now. You can ask them about the uh, Ben Franklin silver coins. They're also coming out with gold and copper. Um, But if you call them now for any qualifying order, you're also going to receive a copy of my most recent book, The Great Reset. Those two are very limited. So call today. Find out how to acquire them. It's 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them now at goldline.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. So uh, sitting in my studio is the director of interfaith affairs at the Simon Wiesenthal Center. His name is uh, Rabbi Yitzhak Alderstein, and uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Um, so let's let's talk about what's happening first in um, in Europe. How bad is it getting in Europe? Anti-Semitism. Yes, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. Um, Jews are not so comfortable walking around in the street with anything identifying them as Jews. It's not true of everyone, of course, but people are are increasingly conscious of it. Um, the attacks on religious institutions, uh, something we've never talked about in the United States, how many churches are burnt a year I know. in France, but it's worse with synagogues. Mm-hmm. Um, my My grandchildren in Berlin uh, attend uh, attend a school uh, where they are guarded by by German police, which is kind of ironic. Yeah. Uh, and when when you have a continent where people have people show people stated years ago that the single biggest threat to peace is not Iran, not China, but Israel, mm-hmm. then you know something is going on beneath the surface. Europeans never liked Jews too much to begin with. It's not like the United States. 
and and things are getting bad. Uh, the United States, though, I think is, I mean, policy wise, I don't know what our friendship is with Israel or it seems it seems to be um, a little anti-Semitic uh, on the left now. In fact, a lot on anti-Semitic on the left and anti-Semitic uh, lighter, if you will, in the Democratic Party. There still is a lot of bipartisan support of, of Israel. Perhaps uh, the, the threat to that is that so many young people are listening not to anything Jewish, but to what they hear from professors on campus, mm-hmm. that they've, uh, they've, swallowed, they've swallowed the whole, uh, the, the whole theory out there that the, that the Jews are the last colonialist power conceived in sin, and the world will not be a safe place until we get rid of it. That's so, crazy. It, 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 it is crazy. You know, it is, I never understood, I'm going to get to those four rungs here in a second, but um, it, I never understood how Jewish people could live in Germany with all of the things that were being done led up to just the mass slaughter and how they would always say, yeah, but it's not going to get better. It's not going to get worse than this. It's not going to get worse than this. And how so many people said, look, I'm a patriot of this country. They're not going to do that to me. I never understood it until recently because some of the same things are being said about Christians and people who vote differently. They're saying crazy things, but you're like, yeah, but that will never happen here. And there's this disconnect uh, there, there's just like this, I don't know where the bridge is, but there's a bridge somewhere to where that becomes real. And I don't know what the last signs are. I don't know what it is that makes you go, you know, I don't think I should be here. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Can you help me with that? Well, uh, of course, there's a human uh, reticence to believe that their, their whole world and everything that they, that they stood for could fall apart. So you, you avoid even listening to news that works in that direction. Right. But uh, I, I don't know how many more years Jews have in America, how many years Americans have in America. That, so. is, that is terribly frightening. Okay, we're gonna, he's going to compare and show us where we are and where Europe is, the rest of the world, on the ladder of anti-Semitism. And it is pretty shocking. We'll go there in just a minute. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. Having to deal with aches and pains all the time is, well, no way to run a railroad, as my grandfather would have said. Uh, I've experienced it. I, I Five, six years ago, I was in so much pain, I couldn't write anymore. My hands wouldn't work. I had to wake my wife up to have her button my shirts. I certainly couldn't paint uh, anymore. And then I took Relief Factor. Honest to God, I did not think it was going to work. I mean, it's, you know, it's like we go to the doctor and they're like, we're going to give you ibuprofen 800. (gasps) Oh, no, doc, slow down on that. Um, The inflammation thing has never worked on me. But the difference here is relief factor not only attacks it from the angle of ibuprofen, but it has four key ingredients. So it attacks it four different ways. I don't know which one it worked for me, but it's in relief factor. And I have my hands back. I can paint again. I can write. It is tremendous. Try it, will you? Try it for three weeks. 70% of the people who try the quick start trial pack in three weeks know whether it's going to work for them or not. 70% of them go on to order more. 
relieffactor.com relieffactor.com 800 the number four relief head over to blaze tv.com slash glenn with the promo code glenn you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to blaze tv So, Stu and I were just uh, having a chat here uh, off, you know, off air. We were uh, talking to a guy who truly changed my life. Uh, he's the director of Interfaith Affairs at the Simon Wiesenthal Center. Uh, he is also the founding editor of Cross Currents. He's Rabbi Itzhak uh, Alderstein. And uh, I just said to Stu a minute ago that for the first time in my life, I feel like America is a force for darkness or evil. I, I just think we are knowingly on the wrong side in so many ways. And that scares me because God's protection leaves us, but also because so many people are duped. There's a lot of people that just don't. I mean, I've read enough history. And if you read enough history, you can see it's like reading the Bible. You're like you read the Bible and you're like, what? Three pages ago, you guys learned this lesson. What happened? <laughs> it is. It's that it's you. Somehow or another, we forget and we make exactly the same mistakes. I want to talk to you about the Abrahamic Accords. But first, can you give me the the rungs, the anti-Semitic rungs? Sure. This is something that we observed starting a number of years ago that the anti-Semitism of the left was progressing in a, in a given direction. Anti-Semitism on the right, we sort of know how to deal with. They, <laughs> it's they pretty are, obvious. They come in brown shirts. They, right, and they are <laughs> marginal. They're never yeah. going to attract the majority of Americans. Right. They, they're not going to have a recreation of, of, of Hitler's yeah. uh, brown shirts in, right. in the U.S. The left is, in, is, a, is a different matter. It started, the first rung was... We are going to boycott the settlements. Not Israel, mind you. Israel's a democratic mm -hmm. state and has a lot of support, so we can't get away with that. So it's just settlements. And that became popular with mainline Christian churches who have now dwindled to about 36 people collectively. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, they're a historic force, and especially on campus. The second rung was, well, of course it's the settlements which is the real problem there, ignoring about 100 years of history mm -hmm. in, the, in the region, including mm -hmm. attempts to drive Israel into the sea before there were any settlements. <laughs> right. But now we have to talk about boycotting Israel in general because Israel supports the settlements. Now, we're still talking about Israel, and we're talking about Zionist expansionism and, right. and things like that, or whatever they can get to stick to the wall. And um, some churches got into that, even doing things like changing the liturgy to make it clear that all biblical references to Israel have nothing to do with the modern state, which, of course, did they actually three do denominations that? actually did that. Really? Yes. That's what they yes. did in Nazi Germany. Well, different, different, different motives, yeah. but um, wow. The Third rung, and a lot of people are still are still there. Um, you know, that's what Ben and Jerry's yeah. was. They ostensibly they said pull out of the settlements, knowing that you can't pull out of the settlements without yes. pulling out of all of Israel. So effectively, right. they were boycotting and all divesting. of Israel. And right, I, right, yeah. 
And then the, the third rung, things get even scarier because then the assumption is we're not talking about Israel anymore, but the assumption now is that Zionists are fair target no matter where they are. People started coming after Hillel's on campus. Hillel's are a pro-Zionist group, although usually pretty left-wing and always open to consider both sides right. of the argument. They were rah-rah, rightist mm-hmm. group. But Zionists became uh, a fair target, all Zionists. And uh, you have uh, groups, including, I think the last one was Tufts, uh, asking to ban all student groups that won't take mm-hmm. a, an oath that they don't support Zionism. Because Zionism, <laughs> because Zionism per se, so now you have it like crossing yeah now it's not a country it's it's closer to the individual and the fourth rung which some groups have a the bay area spokeswoman for care which we consider Mm -hmm. to be a full terrorist organization uh said a couple of weeks ago warned the members of care that you have to watch out for synagogue groups now not zionist groups but synagogue groups uh, well, the, what? Who the, belongs to a synagogue? I wonder. <laughs> I'm a, usually not put into that category. It's uh, a Greek word, so maybe uh, it has something to do with ancient Greek. I don't know. <laughs> but but what happens here is that Jews, per se, the average Jew in the street becomes a target. So you see the targeting of Jews who look like Jews. So we, in Brooklyn, we, daily. I bet. Uh, we are seeing this cross a lot of lines and the same thing has happened in the past where it, first it was, oh, you're a conservative, you're a Republican. Oh, you were a voter for Donald Trump uh, to, oh, you're a person that won't support this, this and this. And it is directly targeting the person. The person. The person. That's when it really and, gets scary. And the, the assumption, contrary to everything that America stood for yeah. for 200 yeah, years, I know. that you don't deal with group identities, but you consider the person as a person, that now, at least in terms of Jews, pushed by groups on the left and by Nation of Islam, Farrakhan, which, who has done a lot of harm in inner city black communities. And Karl Marx. <laughs> you know, and Karl Marx. Karl Marx is uh, his his philosophies. I mean, socialism doesn't usually lead to. I mean, you can be socialist and not anti-Semitic, sure. but uh, when you're Karl Marx socialism, when you are aiming for uh, pitting groups against each other, it's almost always. I, social, I think I'm going to have to anti-Semitic. disagree with you because Karl Marx didn't talk about actively pitting them. He said the forces of history would do that, and it was inevitable, and they would they mm. would conflict with each other. But here you have people who are prodding young Americans, Americans right. on campus, and and urging them to think with groupthink and reject certain people and certain identities. Especially starting with Jews. So we were, I thought, headed in the right direction, um, making progress like I've never seen in my life. I mean, the Abrahamic Accords were literally, I thought, a miracle. Never thought I'd see that in my life. 
You were part of that, weren't you? You worked for like 10 years on those accords. Correct. And it was Trump that was the last piece that that put it over the top? Trump was the last piece that put it over the top. It was the support of a lot of people in in the the Emirates and in uh, right. in, in Bahrain. Bahrain, um, which has its critics, nonetheless had a history of over a hundred years of genuine religious tolerance. They have a street in the capital in which you can find a Catholic church, a Protestant church, a Hindu temple, wow. and a mosque wow. on the same street. And this is not. Since the Abraham Accords, this was something that they used to capitalize on in creating the Abraham Accords. Mm. And, and people in the region discovered, you know, United States under Obama did not prove to be such a reliable ally. Mm. Things are changing. Iran is this big specter that is looking for domination and going to turn this thing into a Shiite-Sunni war and if there's anything that they hate worse than Jews, it's the other side. Yeah, that. I know. Um, so what what it led to is people who had naturally gotten along to a, to a large extent and wasn't perfect, but anti-Semitism in the in the Islamic world was not, except certain times, was not anywhere as intense as it was in Europe. And people did get along in those regions, and 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 they were tired of the Palestinians yeah. kind of crying to the world about we're the most oppressed people out there. We got other things to worry about. We're going to worry about about Iran, and we have to think of a new a, a new collaboration here in the Middle East. So, is it still holding together? It is holding together beautifully. What happens when Saudi Arabia turns east? And Iran toward uh, points north and east, or Moscow and China. Yeah, that uh, you know, there's no there's no predicting whether that'll lead to. But I can tell you that one thing that's very going to be very hard to change. The Abraham Accords led immediately to the opening of doors of two peoples to each other. So now it's not so uncommon to find uh, Muslim visitors to Israel who are accepted and treated warmly in the in the streets of Israel is and it vice true versa. That, is it true that one of the big players a state player went undercover to Israel somebody who had been working on it on behalf of the uh, government in Bahrain decided with the permission of the uh, the hires up that he wanted to see Israel for himself this is about five years ago. It was before the Abraham Accords. But I, at one point, I was doing a draft for the king on what became called the Bahrain Declaration. Mm -hmm. And together with our mutual friend, Johnny Moore, we mm. were working on the first draft. He's a good man. And uh, this person told us, surprised us, and he told us that he had recently come from Israel. He said, I only had time to visit two cities. I went to Tel Aviv, and we said it was, you know, cosmopolitan. Oh, it is. Urbane. It's New York. And then he said, and then I went to Jerusalem and my heart felt. And I said, oh, I'm going to have to mm -hmm. defend my city. It's, you know, not the, yeah. right? It's but the religious part. Before <laughs> I could get the words out, he said, you know, Tel Aviv, I just found to be another concrete jungle. Yes. He said, in Jerusalem, it's a practicing Muslim, in Jerusalem, I could feel the presence of God walking in the street i am telling you that is true the first time it the temple mount actually is like a a pulsar 
with it. You can feel it. When you get anywhere in Israel, at least I can, you can feel it. You know why everything happens uh, around Israel. It's almost like the world spins with Jerusalem as the uh, center, the North Pole, if you will, because it, it is God's seat, it, and you feel it when you get there. It's amazing. And and the Jewish version on, on that always was that my house will be a house of prayer for all the nations. Yeah. This was the Jewish dream. It wasn't to convert yeah, the, the rest of the world, neither by the sword nor by persuasion to Judaism. It was to convert the world to a, to a belief in the one God and incorporating his presence in our lives at all times. And the place where you can feel the potential for that is Jerusalem. And it doesn't matter if you're Jewish no. or you're Christian or you're Muslim. Yeah, you can feel it. You can feel it. Rabbi, thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, the director of the Interfaith Affairs at the Simon Wiesenthal Center, uh, the founding editor of Cross Currents. Uh, and you can find that at cross-currents.com. Mortgage rates have jumped a bit, but they're still incredibly competitive right now. You need to take advantage of them before they're gone. And that's as easy as a 10-minute call to American Financing. They're America's home for home loans. And they're in it for you, not the bank. Please let them give you a free mortgage review and see what your options are. You could be getting rid of debt and saving money left and right. Uh, you could save a couple of hundred a couple of hundred dollars a month. You could save up to a thousand dollars a month just by doing a consolidation loan. And you can skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. That should help you out a little bit with inflation. Call American Financing now. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. I find his uh, visit to America, uh, the timing of it, uh, to be interesting, at least for me personally. Um, he is a, he's a, a very wise and kind, kind man uh, and remarkable. And I love the fact, you know, this I, I've been saying this to a few friends of mine. It doesn't matter the religion. Uh, I mean, use mine. Uh, the, the 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 people who claim to be on God's side who are like, I can't stand with that guy. Can't stand with that guy. It's a weird stance. Yeah. It's a weird stance to take as right uh, now, as, especially right now. Yeah. I mean, Hey, do you believe in God? Yeah. See a loving God? Yeah. I'm in. He's, is he telling you to run planes into buildings? <laughs> no? no. Okay, good. good. I think we're on the yeah. same page. Then. He, he, he likes individual rights, right? He's not for the collective whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm. I'm good. Plenty. We'll argue about the rest of it later. Yeah. And look, I mean, I. Uh, he's the nicest guy in the world, uh, as as you as you note. Um, and I, and I can understand you come on Glenn Beck's program and, and you start bashing Karl Marx. Um, you know, you're going to have some people on the left think you're some ideologue, and that's mm. probably not ideal for sure. Reach, reaching out. Do but you? <laughs> I think this is my opinion. <laughs> Karl Marx was an anti-Semite. He was. 
He was. Uh, let, let me give you a couple classics here. Okay. The the, from Karl Marx? Yes, this is okay. some, some Karl Marx flashbacks Karl Marx. Okay. here. All right. The Jew has emancipated himself in a Jewish manner, not only because he's acquired financial power, but also because through him, and also from part of him, money has become a world power. And the practical Jewish spirit has become the practical spirit of Christian nations. The Jews have emancipated themselves insofar that Christians have become Jews. It goes on to talk about... Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see if I can... <laughs> Uh, let us consider the actual worldly Jew, not the Sabbath Jew, but the everyday Jew. Let us not look at the secret of the Jew and his religion, but let us look at the secret of his religion and the real Jew. What is the secular basis of Judaism? Practical need, self-interest. What is the oh worldly gosh. religion of the Jew? Huckstering. What is his worldly God? Money. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'd say that's anti-Semitic. It seems say, to me yeah. a bit... Well, he was, but he was, about, he was also anti-christian he was anti yeah. anything to do with religion and part of the reason why he hated uh, uh jews so much is he hated capitalism and he said yes. jews were capitalists but in the final analysis the emancipation of the jews is the emancipation of mankind from judaism ah okay. i that strikes me right. as a okay. tad that's like saying you know we wouldn't have a problem with all these christians if there just weren't so many christians right you know what i mean and I once say, we get rid of the christians we won't have a christian problem i should point out all this is found in a section uh, titled on the jewish question <laughs> so i'm, I'm with you i'm with you i'm with this is the glenn back program